0: Happy New Year. We made it to the New Year, guys. Uh, Congratulations to us. It is January 2nd, 2024, and a a brand new year of What Do You Know About Sports. Fellas, how was New Year's Eve?
1: Well, very good. Quiet. Didn't do anything. Stayed (laughs) home. At dinner earlier in the evening and then uh, stayed home a little bit, watched uh, some hockey.
2: Yeah, uh, much, much, much the same here. Watch some uh a little bit of football, a little bit of hockey, and uh I for once again this year I I didn't make it to New Year's.
0: <laughs> Gary, Gary, you said you made it. You went to bed at ten o'clock. It was a it was a
2: solid solid ten ten to ten fifteen. I was I was out. <laughs>
1: I was all up in New York. There I was. I always do that. But uh yeah, we're sometime after midnight we we did it at the get ourselves to bed, but I I had people call. So it was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Hey, Gary, how's that new, uh, resolution coming to uh, treat me a little bit better this year?
2: <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm going to work on that. And uh, I, I'm sure that uh, I'll be able to keep that one.
1: <laughs> a whole bunch of people making that resolution out here, Randy, they're trying to try to treat you nicer. I don't know what it's all about. Well, it's never worked out in the past. So nice interview you had too on the radio there. That was wonderful. They, it's very yeah. liked you there. You didn't mention much about us too,
0: but it was all that's okay. Don't worry about it. It's all about you. <laughs> I was going to mention that at the end of the show, but I'll do it right now just because uh, it's a good time. Uh, so on uh, on on December twenty ninth, Brock Greenholtz of uh, five seventy radio. I think it's called Kitchener dot city news now uh had me on 570 in kitchener and uh just talked about our show a little bit and the podcast and how we got it going and uh, that was real nice of him and brock if you were watching or listening uh, thank you very much for having me on to give us a little bit of publicity that's always appreciated Hey, listen, let's talk about some topics. All kinds of things happening uh, here this morning, actually. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll t- start by talking about the uh, the Orange Bowl embarrassment that was uh, on the weekend. And uh, it, it saw about a dozen Florida State football players uh, opt out of uh, the Orange Bowl game against Georgia for various reasons. And it resulted in a, just an embarrassment of a game where Georgia beat Florida State 63-3. to three. And, Gary, who's to blame for a, a train wreck like that and, and how can it be prevented in the future?
2: Well, I, I, I don't know. You know, in terms of blame, I uh, that, that's tough to, to, to pinpoint it. Um, you know, most of the reasons these kids sit out my understanding um, is, is that uh, that they want to protect their draft status. That, that they don't want to risk uh, getting injured, uh, and with, uh, with with the draft coming up, um, the, the, this uh, this portal system where where kids are kind of like free agents uh, and can move around at the end of the season. Perhaps uh, some of them as well. Uh, again, with with injury being the, the the main concern, not not wanting to get hurt uh and affect a the, uh, opportunity they might have to uh, to go somewhere else next year um so you know it, it's uh it, it's understandable I, I guess in that to that degree um but uh it, it's primarily in games that uh, that aren't the, the 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 playoff games they, they aren't the big games um uh, you're not going to you, you wouldn't see any of the, the, the four teams playing yesterday. There, there was nobody sitting out. Uh, you know those games. Uh, um, so I, I think it comes down to the system. Uh, if anything, uh, I, I think the last I saw there were 42 ball games uh, that, uh, that that they play on the schedule. Um, they're going to fix it a little bit, I think, next year. Uh, going to a 12-team playoff. But all of those games, regardless, will be important football games. Um, and so I don't think you'll see that, uh, you know, kids opting out uh, during that tournament. Um, so um, but I, I think the more games they have that, uh, you know, that are more important, um, it'll take care of it to a certain degree. These, these ball games... Uh, have always been an opportunity for, for schools to go in, and, and they get paid pretty well to, to come and play. Um, but it, it, as sponsors leave, it, I think that the, the, you know, the, the money involved is going to go down. Um, there have been teams in the past that have turned down bids uh, to go to some of these games because the cost of bringing their football team, 100 a, a a hundred players and, and staff and, and whatever, the band the cheerleaders uh to, to go to a a, a a spot for a week or 10 days or whatever it is was costing more money uh than what it was they were going to receive to play in the actual game and uh so I, you know i i can see that as a deterrent uh going forward but in my view there's just way too many games yeah. way too many games and, and uh, so we'll see there's got to be a change.
0: yeah Imagine how angry you are if you're a sponsor, though, of that Orange Bowl game. And some of your sponsorship money, I'm assuming, is going to Florida State. And Florida State just turned that game into an embarrassment with with how they reacted. So that's got to turn off sponsors, in my opinion. And I just don't understand how these players, so many of the Florida State players, could, could opt out. Again, for various reasons. I understand that. But, you know, especially the seniors who have, you know, been with these teammates for four years and you practice with them, you live with them. It's your whole life for four years. You get into a a big game. Sure, you're upset because you're not one of the final four, but it's still a big game against a really good team. And, and you just, uh, you know, decide you don't want to play. I don't know how you can look yourself in the mirror after making a decision like that, given how much blood, sweat, and tears you've put into your teammates for four years.
1: I don't know if it's totally their decision. I think they have a lot of people that are their backers, they've got their agents, they've got all the people involved in regards to where they're going to be going forward with. And and the way this whole thing is set up, it's about money in the first place. So some of these players nowadays are just like, hey, listen, I gotta look after my my money and you guys look after your money because that's what they all think about is what's going to, is a bottom dollar, I believe at the end of the day. Sorry. No, you're, you're,
2: you're absolutely right. It, it, it's financially driven uh, that there's no question. And, and a lot of money, a, a lot of money for these top kids. Um, but uh, you, you mentioned uh, sponsorship too and and, and how, uh, how it affects them. Um, the, the other thing is that the sponsors rely on is viewership. And how many people left at halftime or, or midway through the second quarter, uh, you know, watching that that Orange Bowl uh um uh, viewership would have been absolutely horrible, I'm sure. And uh so
0: I think like I said,
2: it just, it just comes down to there's there's too many games, too many games that are not meaningful. Um and uh until that changes, you know, this this is what you're gonna get, I guess.
1: Well I was watching that game there, Gary and casual fan, of seeing that orange ball it kind of turns you off when you see a, a game like that i think the reason you keep watching is like people driving by want to look at a car crash it's, like, it's just the carnage of that of that football game was getting to the point where it was kind of entertaining to watch them get smoked i don't know it was i as a, like i said i don't watch a lot of the college football and i get that that game would really turned me off i'll be I'll, I'll be very honest it was kind of like what a what a debacle
0: yeah well, I'll tell you what. There were no uh, there were no car wrecks uh, last night uh, in those two semifinal games. Basically, the just two excellent games. I mean, the one went to overtime with Michigan beating Alabama, and then uh, the the Texas Washington game went down to the final second as well. Uh, what did you? I, mean, I know you watched both of those, Gary. What did you think?
2: Oh, well, they they were uh, they were outstanding uh, in terms of entertainment. Um, the, the Michigan, uh, Michigan game, um, you know, lots of mistakes, lots of errors, uh, particularly special teams for Michigan. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that's what you're going to get sometimes that, you know, a hundred thousand people, uh, 18 to 22 year old kids, uh, playing for a spot in the national championships. Uh, you know, that, that, that there's going to be physical errors and, and, uh, but they're you know they were exciting and again if you're not coaching in it and you're just just a fan and you're watching it mm-hmm. uh it was a tremendous game to watch and and the ending was uh you know as good as you're gonna get yeah. uh, unless you're a, unless you're an alabama fan i don't I don't really know any of those um but uh, <laughs> it it was uh and then the the game the, the game last night uh Heck, that uh, that Washington quarterback, he's uh, he's special. He, uh, he's got a cannon, and uh, it'll be really interesting to see, uh, you know, how they match up next week.
0: Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say one thing. I'm still proudly wearing my Alabama shirt today. I'm not a fair weather fan who's going to bail on uh, this team. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a great game. I, I was obviously disappointed. This entire household. That I live uh, was very disappointed as the game ended, but um, you know, great, uh, great game, uh, and good, good luck to Michigan. Although I will say this, I got to say this: I, I know a lot of Michigan fans, especially living down here in the extreme southwest of the province, and some of the some of the online stuff I saw last night was just getting a little ridiculous. With uh, how again, we talk about online trolls. But man alive, like that was a great game and some Michigan fans and maybe Alabama fans would be the same, but some Michigan fans are just, uh, just ruthless and brutal. in some of their assessments of, uh, you know, how good their team was and how bad Alabama was. And all I can say is we've won six national championships since 2009 Michigan has won one since 1949, and they had to share that with Nebraska.
1: All oh, those so, terrible Michigan fans, I can't believe it. They just no. just made you
0: feel so bad. They they, they made me feel awful. Roll Tide. <laughs> terrible fans. Unbelievable. Listen, uh, we we got to move on. We've got lots of hockey to talk about here. And uh, as we're recording this show here this morning on a Tuesday morning, Canada has just uh been uh bumped out of the uh, world junior hockey championship in a quarterfinal loss to uh, the czech republic and uh boy lance you followed this tournament pretty closely here in the last week or so uh what are your thoughts as canada makes a much earlier than exit earlier than expected exit from this tournament
1: yeah it was it was it was kind of a hard hard to watch because i mean i finally you know when i was uh I'm limited to when I get to cheer, when it comes to hockey, because basically you're always on the neutral side. So we would always had an opportunity to cheer for Team Canada, and these boys played hard. They played, you know, the game today. They just couldn't find a way to put a puck in the net against his goaltender. For, and uh, it, it was heartbreaking to watch it. And the one goal, there was an early goal in the game that was kind of their goaltender Russo played so great all, you know, for every game he played, every minute for the Team Canada, but. The first goal was something I think he might have gotten, you know. I uh, just took him by surprise. But they came back to tie it up two two and then they lost three two with eleven seconds to go. But uh this this team had some you know, just always seemed to have some problems with, with with scoring throughout the tournament. A lot of it to do with a lot of players trying to, you know, make you know the pretty passes and pretty plays and not shooting enough. And then they kind of started doing more shooting in this game. But uh, you know, overall you know, you know, These kids put their heart into it; they put their soul into it, and it was kind of disappointing to watch them lose this game today.
2: It, it it's certainly one of the my my favorite uh, hockey events uh, every year, and and uh, and you're right, man. Like the, the kids that they they play their hearts out. Um, not just the Canadian kids, and uh, I think if we we go back in time, there was a time that that. Uh, We'd win these things uh, because we we probably did compete harder, um, but it, it's not like that anymore. Uh, every team there, every kid there, uh, is is playing their hearts out, and uh, um, and we're not uh, appreciably better uh, than everyone else. Uh, that, that that there's you know that there, there's uh, uh, that that's that that's no longer the the, the case um that these teams are, are, are really equal uh, in terms of ability um, I, even our Germany game the other day that, that, that's a heck of a hockey game for 40 minutes um so it, it's uh it, it always hurts when uh when we lose um but uh we, you know we we know that uh, our kids gave it all they had and and uh, um I, I I just really enjoy watching it.
1: Well, the the thing about the with the World Juniors, we had we had dominated for years. We had some so much in in regards to that to that tournament, and Russia was probably one of the biggest teams that would would challenge Canada every year at that tournament. But I think the way hockey has gone and grown throughout, you know, out of Europe, a lot of those players play. That are in the like before Canada was pretty well the, it was was Canadian playing in different junior leagues and different colleges around the country, and now you have them coming from Europe to play college at Boston College and different places where they're actually over playing in junior leagues here now. So it's it's kind of a more competitive atmosphere there, and there's a lot more knowledge to how they they play their games and their strategies now. In this tournament, I was watching a lot of the different structures they have, and, the, and a lot of the coaches that come into that into that World Junior now are best players that played in the National Hockey League on all teams, not just Canada. But I mean, I think there's a lot more in regards to their to their development in countries, and I think that we in Canada need to need to get our head around and start to be different in how we develop players. You take Finland with with, with, with Finland has, I, I believe. Six million people, and in their in their um, rep system or their their development system, they have six hundred thousand players in that system on of, of six million uh, you know people in Finland. And Finland right now is going on to on the semifinals. They they won their game in overtime against you know they played against. But the thing is, is that we in Canada with thirty seven million people, we have a rep system of about two hundred and fifty thousand players. Throughout our system, we really narrow it down way too quickly. Our rep system, I think, has to be looked at differently for how we're going to bring. We lose so many kids in hockey because of the rep system, because if they're not in the rep system by like 10 years old, they're pretty well delegated to the House League throughout their career. And you've seen that, Randy. Yeah. You've seen that happen. And it's kind of a thing where we have to start to understand that the belly of the players, it's not, you know, it, it's, it's become like an elite elite system where. It doesn't matter if you're not able to play in that system, you're pretty well not going to have a chance to go farther in hockey. Than, and so we we lose a lot of good players, I think, down the road.
0: Yeah, no, I, we, I mean, we've all seen that. where I don't think it's just hockey, but it, obviously in Canada, hockey is king. And uh, yeah, you see some really good youngsters who uh, go in completely different directions because uh, they got cut from a triple A AAA team when they were 10 years old and uh, they didn't see a future in it anymore when, you know, they weren't even, they were nowhere near ready to give up on hockey, but they did. And that's, that's just sad to see. I just, speaking about the world juniors here, I just want to get a point. I, I, I really hope there's not a national knee jerk negative reaction now, like I have seen in past years where the whole country just wrings its hands and goes, what's wrong with hockey in Canada? I mean, hey, it it was a great game today. They lost by a goal. They could have just as easily won it, if not for a good goaltender. And, you know, there's there's really nothing wrong with Canadian hockey in the big picture. Uh, But please don't just go crazy here, people, and say, boy, our country sucks at at hockey now because we uh, didn't make it into the semifinals at the world junior. It's not true.
2: No, it, we're, the, the, the reality is we're not going to dominate anymore. Right. It, it's, it's it's that simple. Uh, the world is caught up. And, uh, and so, you know, how, how we do things, as, as you said, Lance, that, you know, that, that's going to be important going forward, but uh, um, it, it's just the way it is now. Um, and by the way for for the, all those naysayers uh we got uh, a couple of kids uh, i think one's named bedard uh we got another kid there in, in uh, columbus uh Fantilli, uh the, the the defenseman in buffalo uh, you put those three kids out there uh, on that uh, on that roster there today and there's probably a, a different result too so yeah. Um, uh, th- everything's good with our hockey. I, I'm not concerned about our hockey. I'm disappointed we lost today, uh, but uh, uh, Canada will always be there and, and always be one of the best.
0: Yep. Yeah. Hey, Gary, you wanted to uh, mention, this is a sort of a great time to slip this in, uh, the PWHL, and it made its uh, debut on New Year's Day, and we were talking about it here on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what did you think of that uh, game, New York and Toronto? Uh, I watched quite a bit of it, and I thought it was a great show.
2: Yeah, it, it, it was wonderful. Uh, you know, and uh, the the result, the the game result, is irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yesterday, the women won. The women won, and, and uh, they battled for this. Uh, they wanted this, and and have deserved this for years and years. Uh, it's not like all of a sudden the game got good. Uh, it, it's been good for a long time. Uh, they were finally given this, uh, this opportunity. And, um, and uh, the game, I thought, was outstanding. It, 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 uh, it, they've, they've allowed a little more physicality within what we've seen in, in world play. And they were banging around. And, and uh, it was up and down, back and forth. The, the, the New York goalie, I, I mean, she stood on her head. Um, I think the leaf should take a good look at her, actually. Uh, she, she was, she was outstanding. Um, but, uh, you know, I just congratulations to, to, to all those that, uh, that came before. and, uh, um, you know, so this could happen. And, and so the generations of young, young girls right now, uh, are going to be the beneficiaries of this, uh, in the future, it, uh, I thought it was a great show, and and, uh, I think we've got Montreal in Ottawa tonight, and they're talking a huge crowd, huge crowd. Uh, The atmosphere yesterday in Toronto was terrific, but uh, I'm anxious to watch that one tonight too.
0: Very good. I didn't have
1: a chance to watch it, but I'll I'll say this is that I I think that they've come a long way, and I think it's going to be – I hope it does really well, and I think that it has a great opportunity to do that. And The thing that it also it not only does it open up for players in that in that league, but it's going to open up for referees, officials. They're going to have a chance to be at a you know part of a, a league at the high level. They have you know probably officials that they use strictly for that league, and I think that gives an a, an opportunity for many of the female officials that I've seen coming through, and have worked with myself in the through the minor hockey system and that or that some of them know the challenging. That are going to have a great opportunity now to be able to work at a professional level, and that's going to be something that I'm going to I'm
0: going to watch closely, and I think I'm excited to see that too. On another uh, hockey topic here, guys, the Winnipeg Jets—they're averaging less than twelve thousand six hundred fans a home game this year. That's only about eighty percent capacity. It's about a nine percent drop from last year. One, what's going on there? And two, uh, should Winnipeg fans be concerned at all about a repeat of 1996 when the first version of the Jets left Winnipeg for Arizona? And Lance, obviously you did a lot of games in Winnipeg during your career. What are your thoughts there?
1: Well, I I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting to see if they start to build back up again as the season goes on because <clears throat> the team's doing really well, which is kind of surprising that the attendance is down. Maybe the economy in Winnipeg, I'm not sure, or ability to pay for the tickets, but it's a nice building. Um I, I don't I mean there's other things that happen with uh in regards to attendance and for people not coming to the games, they may not like what's there may be some kind of other uh, underlying currents to it. I, so I know they're great fans in Winnipeg. They're, they're, they used to fill the building when I was there. There was a smaller building when I went into Winnipeg when the Jets were first. Before I was there, when the Jets were there, and then they left, and I wasn't there when they came back. <clears throat> but the thing about it is that you've got Arizona. You've got lots of other other places too that kind of struggle, like, you know, with their attendance and with trying to put a building in Arizona. So I, I think Winnipeg can hold on. I don't think it's going to be like a one-year-out deal. If this team gets to the playoffs, it'll create some excitement as they get to the playoffs, which Winnipeg does have a pretty strong team. So we'll see how the attendance builds up as we go along, but I'm not sure what's causing it. I have no idea. That It's a great – I mean, it, you can't blame the weather because it's not been that cold in Winnipeg as it usually is, like 40 below. I remember going in there and, you know, you're, under, you're underground pretty well with all the shopping you do, and, you don't, you know, it gets pretty cold there. But I don't see anything. I, I don't know what's going on with that at all.
2: All right, I'm with I'm with you, Lance. I, I don't understand it at all. They're
1: uh, they're a real good hockey team. They're they're, they're
2: one point out of uh, out of top spot in their division. They got a couple of games in hand. Um, so I I, I don't get it. Um, you know, Rick Rick bonuses come in there and and uh, and really done a good job. I I don't know whether the last year they had an issue with. Uh, something with wheeler uh he was their captain uh bonus took it away from him right away uh they've got lowry now uh, with the, wearing the sea and and uh uh they seem to uh, they, they seem to have really gelled and uh this connor's kid who was scoring like crazy before he got hurt uh he'll be back i would think and um so i, I think they've got a right now uh, themselves and in vancouver probably the the two top teams up here in Canada. And uh, so I I think those people should get out there and watch them because uh, I think they got a good hockey team.
0: Yeah. I mean, sometimes you see cases where a city will give up on a team because sure. they just are so unwilling to spend money. Like in baseball this past year, the Oakland A's are a perfect example of that, where the fans were just boycotting because of how little money the A's were spending, and now they're going to... Las Vegas in 2024, but uh, that doesn't seem to be the case in Winnipeg. I mean, I know Kitchener kid like Mark Shifley is he's just locked up, and they're heavily invested, and so that doesn't seem to be an issue. I I, I looked up a few reasons as to why people are saying that this could be happening. I guess the economy is is one uh, post COVID. I think things have never been quite the same since COVID in Winnipeg for some reason. Um, the first nine, 10 years that that team was in Winnipeg had, having come back in 2011, the attendance was always good over 15,000 every year, every game. And, um, uh, so since COVID things have struggled a little bit. And then there are also some things I'm just saying about how uh, simply the, the game experience hasn't been all that great. So maybe they just need to underlying issues that need to be addressed, but I just, uh, would hate to see that team, uh, Pull up stakes after only about a dozen years, and consider moving elsewhere again after what happened the first time.
1: Well, I just still want to listen to all the places they're going to go to because that's what people usually get into is talking about where all they're going to, where they're all going to go to and stuff. I, I it's it's I think it's got to be something to do with one the economy. I think it's got something maybe to do with it, but maybe there's an experience of going to the arena that the people haven't enjoyed. I mean, I, I you know, I mean. That's all part of the, the process and the package. And maybe the ticket prices were too high to start off with for season tickets. And people are going, we're not paying that. That could have brought, probably brought it back a little bit because, you know, the economy, I think, could be a part of it. But, I, you know, we'll, I, I don't want to go through all the banter. We usually get when we have a team like that and all the places they'll start talking about them going to, you know, like we will go, go to Quebec or they'll go to Salt Lake City or somewhere like that. Like they keep talking, they'll have all that kind of uh, – of a, of a you know, drama of where this where this team's going to move to, so I hope we don't have to go through all that process.
2: Yeah. The, the league has propped up Arizona now for how many years, and uh, you know, and and just there's no way that they're going to let them go. So I uh, I would hope that if they start to struggle <clears> at the <throat> gate, uh, that uh, the league will take care of them until they that they get things turned around
1: well i know you know knowing batman like he's a smart businessman and he doesn't you know he doesn't put teams in places unless he thinks they can be successful and the other thing too is he doesn't he doesn't like to move teams if he, that's not something that he wants the league to be see teams moving everywhere because i don't think it you know it's hard to uh to sell a, sell a league that has teams moving all over the place right so he's pretty smart that one and i think that they'll find a way to keep one of pay until the last ability that they can't possibly make money there Arizona makes the money still that's why Arizona's still there Arizona's TV market and all that it's what it's about is TV markets radio at like all the marketing they can do they're still making money with Arizona regardless of what they can what they can market for you know TV because that's where it's up where it's at whereas Winnipeg their TV market's not that big it's a little smaller so we'll see how that works out
0: Speaking of, you know, if the Jets want to be more fan-friendly, they could maybe just hire the three of us to sort of be <laughs> greeters at the door. Yeah, greeters. When people come in to the game, there are the three of us, you know, being all warm and, and friendly and making them feel right at home. Well, you want that job,
1: bring your long underwear because it can get 40 below real quick down there and that wouldn't have been yeah. <laughs> up there in winnipeg they are there's some cold days there yeah
2: i think i think we got i think we got a shot at walmart but probably not in
0: winnipeg yeah all it's your beaters at walmart yeah and i i gary you know me i i'd want a real healthy per diem too
2: <laughs> yeah and all you can eat yeah
0: yeah all right, let's stick with hockey here. You know, another bit of a, a controversial thing in uh, in recent days or recent weeks here. Hockey Newfoundland has uh banned all their post-game handshakes at all levels of hockey in Newfoundland. So, at the end of a game how, you know, you know how kids will will line up and uh Shake hands. Apparently, that's not going to um, happen anymore. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Good ideas? Should other provinces follow suit? I think it's a knee jerk reaction in some ways. But when you, you,
1: with the Newfoundlanders, they do like to fight a little bit (laughs) amongst each other. But uh, from the ones I've ran into, but anyways, you know, I mean, they're pretty passionate about their hockey in Newfoundland. You don't. Make no mistake, they do love their game, and there's some good players that have come off the rock. But I, the biggest thing I've, I'm looking at is that it comes down to the people who are the leadership of their hockey there that have have to have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, we failed. We have people shaking hands in all types of the hockey across Canada. They have, you know, little different things that they may want them to shake hands because of the COVID and that at one time it was going, oh, we didn't shake hands. All right. So, I mean, shaking hands after a game, yeah, I get it. It shows respect for each other and those things. It's been a tradition, but it's not a necessary thing at the end of the day. It really isn't. I think this is, uh, you know, the Newfoundland has made this decision, has made it bigger to people across the hockey world because everybody's, at you all know, oh, we respect and all that stuff. That's what Canada's, is kind of a thing for Canada to do that. But I just believe that I've watched the game evolve in Canada and there's been times when, you know, referees have said go to the dressing room, fellas, you're not shaking hands. Just because of the animosity within the game. Whether you're gonna say, Oh yeah, let's all show respect to each other, you're not you don't know what's gonna happen and then all something happens in a handshake, it turns into a lot of suspensions and stuff. Because it's stuff that happens after the game. But I, I don't know that you know, I, I do know that there is leagues that don't shake hands still in other places across the country. They don't have the kids shake hands after the game. Uh, they don't need to. They don't do it in junior hockey. So I, I think this is being blown out of proportion. Personally, that they're doing that on the rock.
2: Hmm. Uh, I, I I hate to see it uh, lost myself. Um, I, I think it's uh, I think it is important. I think that respect uh, um, uh, factor, uh, as you've mentioned, I think that's important. Uh, I, I think it's taught at leadership level, but leadership starts at home, and uh, I think that's where it has to begin. Um, and, uh, you know, we've, uh, in, in university football, uh, I've been involved since 1970, uh, 54 years and, uh, we shake hands, uh, you know, you've got 50 kids and 15 coaches lining up when that game's over and we beat the heck out of each other, uh, you know, for three hours and, and, uh, we go up there and we we light up and we shake hands and, and, uh, um, I have the utmost respect uh, for those kids over there and for those coaches over here, over on the other side. And I want to shake their hand. I was, you know, good job, guys, and, and uh, you know, we'll see you again. We'll see you in the playoffs. That's usually where we do see them again. Um, so I, I, I really believe in it, and uh, I'd hate to see us lose it. I don't care what sport it is. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, it, I think it should be part of it. Yeah.
0: I mean, in hockey, too, it's just such a great tradition in the playoffs when those NHL teams and junior hockey teams in the CHL all, you know, line up and shake hands. You don't see that in, in baseball. Uh, you don't see that in basketball. You, I mean, football, you mentioned, Gary, how the university teams that you've been on all do the post-game handshakes. But even in football, there's not a big lineup after a Super Bowl of of teams lining up to shake hands. Um, but hockey, it's just, it's just such a, a a tradition that reveals sportsmanship. And that's what I love about it. I'd I'd hate to see it at the very least, if it's not happening after the game, hockey, Newfoundland, please. I, I hope you're doing the handshake thing before the game, uh, especially with kids. I mean, that's, that's just so important. I feel
1: they do, they do have that Randy there is there is that in some leagues around they, they do do the handshake before the game that's been something that's been done in certain leagues across the country I just just you know in 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 fairness to the the, the, the situation in that regard like you say that all that you love watching the Stanley Cup they shake hands. they shake hands after the series is over right they don't shake hands after every game No, no, you're right they do they do that in junior hockey but I do agree with with Gary. There's a respect factor that we need to keep in the game, and it comes. To, you know, I think the biggest issue, literally, will always come. It's, it's, it's the kids suffer because the adults can't look after things properly. That's what's happening in Newfoundland. This is an adult thing. This isn't a kids thing. This isn't kids saying that they don't want to shake hands. Some kids might be stupid in the li- in the line or whatever, and referees have to watch the, the shaking of hands. It comes down to do it again to do with coaches and the people who run the sport having the ability to tell coaches teach your kids properly, and that's what it comes down to at the end of the game. Mind you, they'll blame the referees in some way somehow when this happens, right? So <laughs> it comes down to the fact of who the leaders are and the leadership you have in regards yeah. to how how kids will look after themselves after a hockey game, and that's that's we have we've got some. You know, I follow a lot of hockey. I go to a lot of games. And rarely do you ever see situations that are, are in that where you have to say we can't shake hands after the game. Because most coaches are taking control of things better and, you know, very well in, in, in the game of hockey at, at many levels of our game. So this thing in Newfoundland, I just, I just think it's something that maybe they have some issue that they're taking care of there or something, I'm not sure. But, of course, when it came, the media comes out of Newfoundland, all of a sudden we think that it's it's, a, you know, it's it's across the country.
0: It's not across the country. So on that note, guys, uh, great conversations here today. Um, thanks very much. And we should just do a couple of housekeeping things here. We want to mention that if anyone would like to get a hold of us, uh, you can email us. We have an email address. What do you know about sports at gmail.com? So send us a note. Give us uh, your... Uh, Thoughts on the show. Uh, if you are watching this on uh, on YouTube, you can certainly leave a comment. We'd certainly appreciate that. And if you are watching on YouTube, or if you are are um, listening on on Spotify or Google Podcasts, please remember to like, subscribe, and comment to our show. And uh, hopefully, we'll have a real good 2024 here. Of uh, what do you know about sports guys? Any last comments here as we wrap up another week, new well, year's resolutions, fellas. Well,
1: all the best to you guys for the 2024. It'll be a great year. Uh, my new year's resolution is, uh, I'm going to try to, uh, I'm going to try to, um,
0: improve my golf game. I think that's, what I'm going to try to do. Lance, you've been, you've been trying to do that for about 40 years. How's it working out for you? Well,
1: then it's another another resolution, so obviously it's not working well. <laughs> well
0: now it'll be different because it's a resolution.
2: Uh, just just uh, happy New Year to everybody, and uh, we uh, we look forward to uh, to doing these uh, these podcasts uh, in twenty twenty four, and, and uh, we hope you all enjoy a little bit. And uh, as Randy said. Uh, if uh, if you like them and uh, let us know. If you
0: don't like them let us know
2: and uh, we'll continue to try and get better.
0: Absolutely. Have a great week guys. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao.